Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench, episode number 96. We are live from Voices of Dentistry in Scottsdale, Arizona. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. Barbara, what's happening? (laughs) So I thought that talking about Fireball on our podcast was a bad thing, so I stopped talking about it. And I'm here at Voices of Dentistry, and they're actually on stage talking about their Fireball booth that they have at their podcast station. So if you guys don't mind, I may start talking about Fireball again, because that's obviously I was on the curve of greatness with that whole thing the very first speaker today (laughs) ended his whole talk with a fireball commercial i know barbara's like i'm in my element (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is a great meeting totally thanks to kettenbach for sponsoring us to be here wonderful dentists everywhere podcast people everywhere innovative, yeah, technical, savvy dentist all over this place. It's pretty cool. And we are totally juiced up. It's amazing how you go to some of these seminars and they just get you all fired up and that's how we feel. Let's, so. let's, let's clear. Juiced up does not mean fireball. No, yet. actually no. it doesn't. <laughs> just saying. Not yet. I've had a lot of coffee, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yes. There are people partaking here at the lunch break. Yes, they're the in fireball. the corner and we see a line of people over doing shots of fireball. And they seem to talk a lot about it. So I'm thinking the reception from 5 to 8 tonight is going to be pretty fun. I think it might be sponsored by Fireball. I'm not yep. sure. <laughs> and we thought dental technicians like to party. But Dennis, they are out of our league. Just saying. Yeah. So actually this episode, we actually bring you an interview that Barb and I had talking to a good friend of ours. And really just a good friend to a lot of people in our industry. You've probably seen him on stage. Or just around because he's been super active in our industry for a long time. Yep. Jeff Strunk from Treasure Dental Studios comes back to the podcast. He was actually on the original roundtable we did, probably episode oh three my and four. God. If anybody yeah. can remember that far back. Yeah. We were a little rusty back then. Yeah, don't go and listen to it. No <laughs> one was really that good. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, this time, Jeff comes on to talk about how he got into the industry And a little hint, he came into this industry on high heels. Mm. And how he, without any technical experience, becomes a leader in chairside hybrid conversions. And, of course, this year he becomes the chairperson of the CalLab Association. And he talks about the upcoming must-attend CalLab meeting that's February 20th and 21st of 2020 that happens right before Lab Day Chicago weekend. Jeff is a great guy that is passionate about his profession, almost as much as we are. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Almost. So join us as we chat with Jeff Strunk. Are you excited about Chicago Lab Day? Elvis and I are, and NOAC Dental and NOAC Digital are. Their lab specialists will be at the East Tower, booth B47, and their digital specialists will be at the new West Tower, B2. Stop by both booths to learn about all of their offerings and to find out for yourself why NOAC is the first dealer name customers ask for. Also, backed by popular demand at each location, they will be serving King Cake Vodka shots one hour before the closing of the show each day. So you know where I'll be. 
Don't forget to visit NOAC Dental in both exhibit halls during Lab Day Chicago. And Elvis and I thank you guys for your support. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We want to welcome to the podcast a legend that is still (laughs) in the industry. That's crazy. Mr. Jeff Strunk. Now, you're not a CDT or anything, are you? I am not. No, I've, not. Uh, I've, I've toyed with it a couple times. I've taken the initial exam, the written exam, and yeah. uh, I was going to do the specialty in Crown and Bridge, and then I never got through to taking it. I was going to do it at Peterson Air Force Base. and oh, uh, that's where I took mine. Yeah, it was cool. right after 9-11, so everything got shut down. So, yep. And then I never went back to do it. Wow. Because I know you're uh, in the operatory a whole lot, aren't you? And treatment planning, case planning, a lot of implant cases. I am. I enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, have me yeah. sit down and actually create something would be uh, a little scary, to say the least. That's why I've, <laughs> I've, 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 uh, I've gone by the, the thing where a man has to know his limitations. Well, I definitely live by that, and I know it. You came into the industry not as a technician, but in sales, correct? And that is correct. I went to work for a laboratory. I'd worked for Nordstrom for 10 years and uh, had some retail burnout. I tried doing... The clothing store? In the clothing store. I was a women's shoe buyer. Oh, wow. I and, remember that. I bet you were very good at that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd gotten retail burnout, and I was uh, looking for different uh, areas in which to go. And I originally tried doing mortgage banking, but interest rates were re- really, really high at that point in time. Wow. And uh, I was just extremely challenging. So I stepped away from that and I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do going forward. And I uh, had a friend who owned a dental laboratory and uh, went to work for him, figured I'd be there for about six months because he was looking for somebody to do sales. And I thought, well, I'll give him a hand. And actually it was right when implants just started coming about, uh, right in 1990, the endosseous implant was just getting introduced. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm a pieces and parts kind of guy and it was a really good fit. So I just started running with that. And I figured that was a great way to get into offices and it really worked out that way. So what was the name of that lab? Uh, I can't remember anymore. Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) Nor do I want to say. That's okay. They're no longer in business. I get it. So where'd you go from there? Because obviously you've moved to Treasure. Yeah. So I was at that lab for about five years. And then um, it was uh, kind of an interesting thing where the owner would show up uh, probably the last two and a half, three years. He would come in about two o'clock in the afternoon, read his mail, be gone by four. I had total responsibility Mm -hmm. if something went wrong, but I had no control to correct the problem. That got a little frustrating. I asked for an ownership in that lab and uh, was pretty much scoffed at. And then uh, Treasure Dental Studio had opened up and they invited me to come on and and do their uh, sales and their implant cases for them. And Hmm. uh, the rest is history. Hal and I bought our partners out back in 2002 and we've been going with it ever since. And so that's how many years have you been there? So it's 2002. 25 years in existence here at uh, at Treasure. And then so 30 years in the industry. Wow. Wow. Same here. How did Treasure get its name? Where does that come from? Um, one of our original partners is uh, <laughs> poor guy Barry Treasure. He's up out of Idaho oh, Falls. <laughs> he has a he has a Treasure Dental Lab out of Idaho Falls, and then Richard Willis of Utah Valley Dental Lab out of Provo, Utah. We're both really trying to get into the Salt Lake market, and neither one could really do it. They didn't have a local presence, and so they created uh, Treasure Dental Studio to gain that brick and mortar 
appearance here in Salt Lake, and they brought uh, my partner Hal on, and we had a couple other of uh, a couple other technicians were known in the area, and uh, they were they were doing the work. So it it was uh, plugging along pretty good, and then I came on, and we we really tried to jumpstart it. We grew it pretty quickly, and uh, uh, it's been it's been wonderful ever since. So it's yeah, 25 years in existence. Wow. So how did so you? you came I want to ask a question. Jesus, Elvis. <laughs> Sorry, this is taking over. So I, I'd like to know when you got into uh, NADL foundation and all of that. So what, what got you into that? So years ago, we were at a dental service group affiliate meeting and uh, actually met Ricky Braswell for the first time and uh, got to know her at this meeting. And we started talking about it. And then at that time, Chris Waldrop had just gotten on the NADL board and mm. thought I'd be a really good fit. So between Ricky and Chris having conversations with me, I decided that, uh, you know, if they'd like to have me on, I was I was definitely uh, be welcome to do so. So that was back in, I would say, 2006, 2007, those conversations came on. And then I got on the board in 2008. I remember when you were president and there was a uh, Warren was after you and it was that whole Jeff who <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. good times, good times, really good times. So yeah, I was right behind Chris and I had Warren right behind me. So I had a great lead off batter and a good cleanup batter. Yep. So awesome. yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Okay, Elvis. Well, then after the NADL, you moved right over to the foundation board, correct? I did. So I got on the NADL board, I want to say 2008, and then finally came off the board in, uh, if you want to say, for both NADL and the foundation in 2017, the end of 2017, so 10 10 years. It was was quite enjoyable. I loved the ride. I loved giving back. It was uh, definitely worth the the time and and, uh, effort put into it, and I would do it again. Uh, I don't, I would hope more and more people get involved. I think they're great, great associations and uh, they do wonderful things for technicians. So you're at Treasure. You came on as a, like an implant specialist and now you're doing all the chairside conversions I hear. Yeah, we've done quite a few of them just over the last couple of years. I know we did, I don't think we did as many this year, but we did about a hundred and close to 150 last year and about 130 this year. Oh my so God. if you think that's about it, yeah, that's, that's, you know, almost one every other day, you know, out of a 200, 250 working day year. Sure. So that it keeps us pretty busy. It's about as much as I could handle. Um, this year yeah. was a little bit yeah. nicer. So was able to handle more things administratively, but to be able to spend time, not only the surgical aspect of it and the restorative aspect and the game changing lifestyle changes that happen with, with patients that you get to see this transformation take place with mm-hmm. is absolutely astounding. It's that's been a blast. Absolute blast. Sure. Well, how do you get into that market and get that volume of cases? Do you guys have surgeons and, I mean, who are you working with and how do you market that? You know, that was that was the intriguing thing. When I first got into the industry, as I was saying, I got into the implant end of it. What was really unique was back at that time, doctors still didn't even know how to take impressions with impression posts. Mm-hmm. So that's where it really started with me is back in the 90s when doctors were getting their first implant cases and had absolutely no no idea of what armamentarium that was needed, whether it be the wrench or the impression post, how to take it, what uh, what needed to be done after that. And so I would literally sit in the operatories with these doctors uh, working with the surgeons to help restorative doctors take their first impressions conventionally. And so wow. that's where my relationships with the surgeons 
took place. And we've maintained that over the years, whether it be with complicated cases and so forth. So we've, uh, I've made it a point to partner with uh, not only the periodontists, but the surgical specialists that uh, do a lot of implant work. And wow. uh, those, those have grown to friendships over the years, a, a great partnership. And so anytime they have a complicated case, they know that they can rely on Treasure to, uh, to get the case done correctly, make sure that there's good communication and they get predictable results. So that's been fun. So it was an easy transformation to do the all-in-fours. That is pretty impressive too. You know, I hate to talk about money, but the margins are so much healthier on those and the patient satisfaction and going into the office and, you know, doing that. How do you handle the, the I'm going to say it, but how do you handle the blood and all that? You in there with all that? Oh, we are. Yeah, we're wow. we're right in the trenches. You know, <laughs> I've been I've been across an operatory and gotten nailed by uh, oh. a, a bleeder. <laughs> oh, God. But you know what? The first couple of cases that I sat through uh, were a little bit rough, but as times have progressed, uh, become uh, much more in tune with it. I've had situations where we've had really heavy duty bleeders. We've had people that have had, uh, we actually had one situation where a patient had a stroke on the table. Um, oh we actually did have a patient Whoa. who ended up succumbing to uh, just not being able to breathe correctly. And they uh, oh. stopped the surgery at a good point in time and the patient was delivered to the hospital and and actually uh, died later that evening. Wow. What? Yeah. That's pretty intense. Yeah. So it, it, we've, we've run into some serious uh, circumstances, but, you know, uh, I mean, that has nothing to do with any of the laboratory aspect of it. It was all in the right. surgical end of things yeah. um, where we've had anesthesiologists in the room. And, I mean, full bore of, of people. So we've had some crazy things happen. Sounds like it. How do you handle the legal side of you being chair side? Do you have like a waiver or anything or? That's a great question. No. So that, you know, you're almost working like an assistant. I mean, and part of it also has to do with the team that you're with. I've worked with a couple of doctors where they had, and this is early on, I don't work with them anymore. I've got my, my group of doctors that I work with and I don't take on any new ones. Mm-hmm. And so I've, fortunately I've had uh, a couple of situations where there are lawsuits for, uh, filed, but uh, we've won both of them. There's no real liability insurance. We've not really done anything or have had anything happen with a patient that would cause there to be a liability aspect towards the laboratory. Um, hmm. And I don't put ourselves in any of that position to have that happen. Sure. We aren't touching the patients. We are letting the doctors do all the work. I I stand there as a glorified assistant, handing them parts and pieces and making sure that uh, they're doing the correct order of which things are done. And we've done so many of these that, uh, you know, we, we really have seen most of the hiccups that can take place. I can't say that we'll, you know, have that'll be the end of it. But uh, for the most part, we have it really wired down with some great efficiencies to make the cases go extremely smooth. And it all starts with the surgeon and the communication. Mm. Amazing. So they they know what to give me as far as room goes. I work with the doctors; they're the ones working with the patients. And like I said, we're we're there just to be an assistant to them. Awesome, nice. It's fun. So knock on wood, we haven't had really any serious legal ramifications, and I and I don't see the way we're doing it that we will. Yeah, I was just going to say I don't see where you will. I mean, if you do everything properly and the way we're advised, it's a win win. Exactly. Especially with the volume you're doing, that is so impressive. I think we've done maybe ten. Uh, 
With the efficiencies, the way we're doing it, and the things, the information that we're gathering today of the surgery, it eliminates uh, a lot of the trepidation that the doctors have on the back end. Uh, we kind of walk them through, you know, if everything goes well the day of the surgery, we're really only, my doctors are only looking at two restorative appointments and, uh, and being there during the surgery, they learn a lot about the case and the nuances of the case so that when they actually see that patient again down the road, they're very familiar with all aspects and uh, makes it really easy for them. Nice. Is Nobel the system you see the most? Cause that's what it is in art. It right? is. It's it's extremely strong okay. Nobel here. Uh, Neodent is uh, up and comer. Really? Yeah, that one. So Clear Choice changed over to Neodent several years ago. So a lot of doctors are jumping on that bandwagon. So it's, a, it's pretty much split in half for us right now between Nobel and Neodent. Hmm. And you're mostly doing hybrids? We are. Uh, acrylic with titanium? We are. We've, we've you know, obviously, uh, with the evolution of, of some of the materials out there, right now the titanium hybrid is what we do predominantly. Um, we do it a little bit differently. We we won't use denture teeth for the posterior. We'll actually copy mill and do full zirconia in the posterior. Oh, wow. And the reason for that is it helps protect that occlusion, keeps uh, the patient where they need to be, gives them a longer wearability of that restoration before they ever have to have anything changed out or rebase or what have you. And uh, we've been doing that for about four years. And it really it really eliminates all those appointments uh, down the road where a patient maybe pops out an anterior tooth because they started hitting the anteriors more than their posteriors from the posteriors wearing down. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been fabulous that way. What kind of mill are you guys using over there? We're using the VHF Select. So it's an eight puck holder. We also have a Roland as well, but mm-hmm. uh, predominantly everything's done off of VHF. And it's got great accuracies, if you will. And then it's the finish work on it. It's is a lot cleaner than we're seeing even from the Roland. Wow. Awesome. That's cool. It is. It's fun. And we've been doing a lot more removable as well. So with the patients, we may put them in fixed for the healing phase, but we'll convert them to something removable if they are having issues with cleaning or if they want to be able to clean it a little bit easier. And we've been doing dolder bars and uh, which is old school, but we're doing them now and patients have absolutely loved them. So we're doing a lot that way. And then um, we're also doing a lot more with uh, the pecton substructure with individual crowns on top and doing the gradia for the gingival. Those have been nice. Those are the Cadillac. Are you doing any trefoils? Have you done any? We've done a couple. I hate trefoil. Yeah. There's several reasons why. I think that was just because that was the only product Nobel had to push at that point. And so they were yeah. uh, they were pushing that very heavily. To me, Nobel was also setting the price on that, which I didn't think was accurate because it's a, it took a lot more surgical time and the mm-hmm. stress levels were a lot higher for the surgeon and the, and the lab at that point. There was very little uh, interaction from the restorative doctor. And I've just seen failures. The patients have to be so compliant and I'd rather do an all on three, get a little bit better posterior spread and then go that route, but it, and then take a lot less bone away. But it's, it, I, I see a trefoil as in a very limited use, very, very limited use. I agree. Not a fan of it. I don't like that. It takes the bar manufacturing out of our industry. Honestly. Well, yeah, just... I mean, it's that, but I just, you know, I, I, again, it's held together by acrylic and acrylic will fatigue over time. So yeah, I just see sure. the, all these that are being looted together by acrylic actually having some sort of a failure down the road. Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of parts and pieces in those things. There is. And, and the armamentarium, the cost of doing that was, was higher for a surgeon. Their time is higher, but Nobel was telling them to actually go at a lower cost to make it a little bit more palatable for the patient. But I just see mm-hmm. that it's just pulling that money away from all these, 
all these folks that are involved just to have a, a product out there that is very substandard in my eyes. Yeah, not a fan of them. Much rather do a four rather than a trefoil. Yeah, we've done cases on elderly patients. I mean, if they're in their upper 80s or what have you, we will do an all on three and we will never convert them into a final restoration. We'll just beef up the, uh, the really? transitional and let them function on that. And uh, that's worked out very, very well for patients. Uh, again, in their later years, it keeps the cost down to them, gives them great functionality. And I mean, they, they really don't have anything to lose at that point. Yeah. They're not going to put any forces on those things. Not anyways. so much. I mean, one of my favorite cases that we yeah. did was uh, it was an all on four patient. He was 96 year old Holocaust survivor. Wow. And, and all he wanted to do, all he wanted to do was eat steak for the rest of his life. (laughs) And he got a year and a half out of this restoration before he passed away. And we never had a single fracture on it whatsoever. And he, from my understanding, he was having steak about every other day. That's good for him. That's great. So yeah, some good stories that way. So the reason we have you on, other than you're just a fascinating gentleman, oh, is because Cal Lab is coming up. It is. And this year you are the chairperson of Cal I Lab. am. The, you get to have me for the next four years. No pressure. And I've got my co-chair on the board with me right now. Yes, sir. Oh, my gosh. So tell me, how did you hear about CalLab? When did you start going and why did you get involved? When I first got in the industry, I was, uh, I've gone to Chicago every year and I kept hearing about this CalLab, CalLab meeting. And I'm like, okay, you know, and it's like the who's who of dentistry as far as the lab end of it. And I'm just hearing about all these people that are there and the connections and so forth. And and so I was very uh, excited when Daniela Hendrickson actually invited me to uh, be her guest one year. Mm-hmm. And that was, I want to have to say, back in the uh, later 90s. And I haven't missed a meeting since. She was just absolutely uh, wonderful and bringing me along with her and got to meet so many folks at that point in time. And then obviously with the association with the uh, NADL later on, that just became stronger and stronger. And it's the one meeting I I will not miss at all Uh in, in the year. So when I was uh, getting ready to leave the um, uh, the foundation, they had a uh, seat open up on uh, on the board, and they invited me to uh, apply for it, and uh, I did, and uh, they accepted my application. And again, the rest is history. We're we're here now, and a few years into it, I've been on the board now. I want to say about five years, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And they invited me to be the chair uh, going forward. And uh, I've got Barb following me right behind. So that's going to be a wonderful transition for there, too. It's a super strong meeting, though. We really like hosting that meeting. We always have, you know, 300 to 500 people there. It's really strong. We've had, you know, great speakers, great content. We, you know, we go off site once a year. I think it's in August and put the meeting together. And it's just it's an amazing Agreed. how those meetings come together. And, you know, they're just thought processes. And who do we want to contact and what do we want to talk about? And I tell you, it's 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 pretty special. I agree. It's a great way to kick off Chicago. There's there's so much information gleaned at that meeting uh, that you could take into lab days and and really have a good focus in that regard. This year, we're obviously going to be spending a lot more time on printing and digital. There's a lot of buzzwords out there, and hopefully at this meeting, a lot of myths and questions get answered from the panels that we put on and the speakers that we have that will allow folks when they go out and, and start visiting with some of these vendors that they're not only hearing uh, that side of the story from the vendor. They're hearing an unbiased 
peer-to-peer type of a presentation that will really cut through the crap, if you will, and uh, and make sure that they have a full understanding of what the good and the bad of any system might be. That's what I like. It you don't have a, a company that's marketing. Um, you actually have a learning experience where you can really dive into all of the ROI and everything that makes these work. And you know, what are the goods? What are the bads? And it's it's honest. You know, it's lab to lab. Sometimes when you go to the other uh, meetings and you know you go into the vendors and they're telling you how great the systems are, but this is when you actually talk to people that the system and know the ins and outs of it. So Exactly. Yep. And that's what we love about it. We typically try not to get vendors on the stage. We try to keep it lab owners or technicians, people in the industry that uh, will not gain anything from being on stage other than giving out their knowledge and, and gaining knowledge from the others on the stage with them. How has it changed since the late 90s? You said you started going in 95? Somewhere right in 96, 97, somewhere right in there. It was, it was uh, right after I, I started at Treasure. So somewhere in that range, I, I can't remember exactly the year. And I think I've been going for about six, seven years. It's got the same type of schedule every year. What was it like back in the '90s? About the same, or it it, it was. Um, it, it's uh, again, it's an invitation type scenario. It's uh, it's it's exclusive to its members. That hasn't changed at all. I think uh, we still have the strongest content of uh, any of the meetings that is out there. It's geared more towards the business. It's not to sit down and teach you about a particular porcelain technique or you know what's the latest and greatest in, in building up composites it's it's really about the business aspect of it and having a, a, a view for the future what you can take back to your laboratory that following Monday that you can run with it uh, all of that has pretty much stayed the same what's been a little bit interesting over the years has been obviously the evolution of some of the uh, the conglomerates if you will the national dentexes and the DSGs and and mm-hmm. the acquisition of other laboratories so you're you're kind of getting a different feel in the room from having corporate people in the room versus like lab technicians or lab managers uh, or lab owners. So you're, you're getting a little bit more of that influx in there. But uh, other than, other than that, uh, it's pretty much the same meeting. It's a great meeting. Do they do the closed forum back then? Oh, yes. 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 And that's always been the most popular feature of that. It's where you can have a room full of lab owners and and technicians really asking some very uh, pointed questions uh, regarding maybe uh, a particular product or or a problem they're having with a piece of equipment or which piece of equipment is best suited for, you know, whatever application that they're wanting to use it for. If they're having particular problems with a vendor, they can all of those questions get brought up at these uh, closed forums where the vendors have been asked to leave the room so that all lab owners can just speak freely and get questions answered. It's really a unique and uh, useful part of our meeting. In fact, it's so useful that we actually do it on both days. So we'll do one on the on the initial day on Thursday, and then, and then if people have opportunity to learn more or have other questions asked on that throughout that day on Thursday, they're actually able to come back on Friday and we can readdress those. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good information that's given during those uh, closed forums. When you ask Elvis, um, how has it changed? You know, when Jeff came in, he's, you know, a big positive voice and you know, he's like, you know, we need to go to um, social media and we need to start marketing and we need to figure out, you know, how we can reach, you know, not just the corporate people or the lab managers, but some of the smaller laboratories and some of the smaller artists that are out there and their one, two man labs. And, you know, he really led the way in, in trying to reach different members 
And we always have a um, member feedback and we read that and we change the open forum. We moved it around a little bit. We opened it up and changed the time so that they're a little more awake. Um, Jeff and I have actually had to kick a vendor out once. (laughs) Yep. We have, we have, you know, but it's super important that you know that your leaders listen to, you know, the members and what they have to say about the meeting, good, bad, or indifferent, and they always move on it. So, and Jeff's been an integral part in that. Well, thank you. We've, uh, you you know, times are changing a little bit that way. And the focus of some of the younger, uh, smaller laboratories, not necessarily is always uh, towards the business aspect of it, but they need to realize some of these younger lab owners that they are business people first and technicians second. Mm -hmm. When I run across a lot of these guys, we have conversations and eventually it leads to the business end of things. And that's where their problems and and they uh, are looking for guidance in that regard. And so we're, you know, we're hoping to try to direct some of these folks away from, again, the portion buildup into the business end of things so that they can help their businesses grow and flourish. Yep. So it's exclusive for members by invitation only. How are you reaching out to those one-man labs? Sure. It's, a lot of it is through the, uh, through the membership itself. If, they, uh, if they're talking about it and they come across a lab owner that uh, hasn't participated in it, um, they can be used as a reference. They'll direct the folks to our Cal Lab website. And at that point in time, they can get the application filled out, turned in. As a board, we will vote uh, as to whether or not the uh, uh, the lab is allowed to come in. We've had some vendors, if you will, pretend to be laboratories to come in under the laboratory umbrella, if you will, that they yeah. don't necessarily fit the mold. And so that's part of the reason why we just, it's not a come one, come all, because we do want to have mm-hmm. some control over uh, who is sitting in the seats and if they're going to be more useful to us or they're trying to gain from us more than uh, what they'd be giving. And so we want to make sure that we have a, a really good control over the of the folks that are in there. But there's not like a minimum requirement Absolutely of no. sales or anything or size or nothing. Nope, nope. The, you know, it's it's intriguing because the smaller of the laboratories are the ones that might be struggling the most and they need our help uh, the greatest. And so we definitely don't want to be uh, disqualifying those folks just based on their volume. We're In fact, we're, we're just the opposite. We would love to help them grow their volume by what they can learn at that meeting. Sure. I mean, it's one of my favorite meetings and I get the most out of it than almost anything all year long. Like I said, it's a good foundation to go into that weekend. It's, uh, there's a lot of information, a lot of networking that takes place. The breaks are extended so that people have opportunities to speak out in the hallways or get the visit. We have our vendor night on Thursday night where we'll have, uh, you can go see the vendors in a very intimate uh, setting, if you will, that uh, is, is designed specifically for Cal Labs so that when they go and see them, they actually have some really strong one-on-one time. Yeah, It's just, it's just a unique setting that is a lot different than what the lab day feel is. Oh, sure. It's a lot more personal. Sure. It is. It is. So that's that's the biggest thing. If you if you have a focus, if you have if there's something that you truly want to see and uh, and get more information on it without uh, having 30 people behind you waiting to ask a question and the person in front of you trying to answer the question as quickly as they can, this is the place to go because you just aren't going to get that. You're going to have that really strong one-on-one time. Again, the networking of, uh, of this group, people coming over and interjecting their commentary on it. That is a uh, maybe a leader in the industry that maybe that knows about that particular product or, or a piece of equipment, whatever it might be. They're, they're going to give you uh, a very solid, strong opinion and guidance. Yeah, that's true. 
So let's talk about this wonderful schedule that you guys just released. So <laughs> we'll start off by saying this all happens during Lab Day Chicago weekend. Mm-hmm. This is all day Thursday and a half day on Friday. So that's February 20th and the 21st. Exactly. And your first speaker on Thursday the 20th is pretty exciting. It is. So that was one of my goals right at the end of last year. In fact, that was the first person that I wanted confirmed was Joe DeSimone yep. from Carbon. Mm-hmm. He is the king of the hill right now in the in the lab industry. He is probably one of the most intelligent people that's in, in the lab industry right now as far as his, uh, his abilities with printing. And that's who everybody looks to. So our hope and our goal for Dr. DeSimone when he comes up this for this meeting is to give his view from the 30,000 foot level of where he sees digital printing, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the dental world, but overall. Mm. And then I want him to bring it back down to the lab industry as to where he sees that going forward over the next five to 10 years. So I really want to give a real, I want him to have a really paint a broad picture of 3D printing and then a more of a myopic view of where we are as far as the lab industry is concerned. And I think it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful presentation. I'm most excited about that. That's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. He'll be good at it because carbon, I mean, you hear about them in our industry a lot, but I mean, they're doing shoes and car parts and helmets and bicycle seats. I mean, they're all over the place. They are, in fact. That would be interesting. I can't remember who their partnership was, if it was Bugatti or maybe it was Ferrari or somebody, but one of the one of the top high-end vehicle manufacturers just partnered with uh, with Carbon for some of their car parts wow. going forward. Wow. So, That's crazy. Yeah, that one's going to be awesome. So who's got to follow that? That's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of leading the groundwork. He's setting, you know, setting the setting the tone, if you will. But pretty soon right after that is that we're actually just going to start talking about digital dentures. And uh, we've got BJ Cole. Kowalski from Rowe Dental Lab, who's now a board member, but also has an amazing laboratory out of Ohio. Uh, he's going to be moderating this panel discussion where we've got Daxon Grubb, Rob Cryer, Jay Sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some great folks that are on this panel that are going to be talking about the different companies that are out there providing materials and the way the processes in which digital dentures are going to be done. Uh, um, the dynamics of going forward with digital dentures, it is going to be an absolute game changer of how restorative work on the removable end is going to be done in the future. And, oh, absolutely. and so this panel is, I mean, this is truly the people you want to see after you see Dr. Simone, then you're going to see this panel discussion. It's like, boom, boom, digital, digital dentures. Then you can go throughout the day if your head hasn't exploded at that point <laughs> and decide what you want to do, you know, going forward as far as getting into this removable aspect. Yep. You can't ask for a better panel no, than what we've I got agree. there. Yep. Do you know if the different panel members, is there some that are printing, some that are milling? You're going to see a little bit of all of that. You bet. So, yeah. yeah. So like for an example, Daxton at Ardent, he's experimented, if you will, with a couple of the different systems uh, that are out there, uh, had uh, absolute failures with them, and now has uh, picked up a newer system that uh, it just been released this, this past November that it's a complete game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Cryer, you know, Rob's been around and he, oh, yeah. and he was one of the initial people working with Avident, which was the mill denture. Yeah. So he's got his pulse on where the, the digital denture began and where it is headed. And, you know, and he's been a hands-on participant in its evolution mm-hmm. and there's nobody smarter in removable technology than Rob Cryer. So we are yeah. exceptionally happy to have him. Yeah, we had yeah. him on the podcast oh, yeah. a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. 
Yeah. Very good stuff. Yeah. And then um, that's a great way to kick off our opening morning. I mean, I just, it's as solid as can be. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Later in that day, we got 3D face scanning and digital dentistry. I think that's going to be, as we get into these cases where we can start doing overlays with DICOM files off of CT scans, and then we can also put the patient's face on there and, and be able to determine, you know, what the best smile for them and, and they can help choose and be participants in their final restoration. I think that's going to be a huge game changer as we start doing full mouth cases or cosmetic cases going forward that will help sell that type of dentistry for doctors without it really being sold. It's it's just going to be a very predictable process. But this uh, Eric Zurichov is going to get into the aspects and how we can implement it in your lab right away. I think eventually we're going to get to the point where it's all going to be 3D face scanning. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be designing it long before we make it. Yep. And the patient will be, quote unquote, trying it in long before there is a try-in. Yep. Exactly. It's going exactly. to be pretty cool. No, it is. It's really cool. It's a little bit, you know, it's still a little bit cumbersome at this moment. But uh, yeah. I think there's going to be this, this streamlining that you're going to see over over the next little while is going to be just crazy. So it's going to make it a lot simpler for us to do it and communicate better with the doctors and the patients. Yeah. And then right after that, we're right into the first closed form that we yeah. talked about. Yeah. That, again, that's going to be wonderful. It's, you know, it's a, it's an hour long. It's going to be a, a lot of content in there. Uh, we invite people if, uh, if they're shy, there's going to be a way to text their questions in so that they can remain anonymous throughout this whole process. We'll also have questions that people can send to us or that we might, as a board, think might be pertinent to ask the group that may spur some conversations as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's great. It's awesome. Now that you're the chairperson, are you off mic duty? Because you used to work, you used to work the crowd. I, I used to work the crowd. But the fun part is, is that, yes, I, I get to be up at the podium and then I get to pick out people from the podium nice. instead of just walking around with the microphone. Yeah. So I, I'll call out a few yeah. folks that uh, I know have answers to some of the <laughs> questions that are there and get them, uh, get them involved. Yeah. That's so, great. so I'm looking That's forward great. to that actually. Yeah. And then you're presenting. <laughs> it's a busy day. Which, you know, if we haven't seen enough of you. Uh, there, right? Yeah. I know you're going to be sick of me by Friday. I sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, this will be my third year doing this and everybody's been very kind because they find it. Uh, it's been one of the nicer presentations that they've that they've said because it's really I, I, I fly by the seat of my pants and I really hope that by January there's people that are going to be introducing new products out yeah. there and yeah. I, I wait to the last minute to see what's going to be happening and uh, as it's grown in popularity even like last year I've had actually more vendors come up to me and give me opportunity to learn a little bit more about their products oh, the first year I tried yeah. doing it they wanted to keep everything close to the vest because they wanted to introduce it themselves at not Calab, but during Chicago. And now, sure. now it's like, you know, if I can give some teasers about it, then it actually draws more interest to them throughout the weekend. So, so there, you know, we really kind of disseminate what's going to be great, or I'll try to give an honest opinion. If I don't think it's going to be great, the vendors have the opportunity to call me out on the table that day. If I, if I say something that they, that they feel is not accurate, I'm, I'm up there to answer the question or have them uh, basically give their answer that would uh, argue my point. And so we're really, I'm happy to have that happen. Fortunately, so far, I haven't had anybody do that, but uh, <laughs> but I think I've been pretty pretty concise on, on my feelings and it seems to carry over to the rest of the crowd. But again, that's the beauty of the meeting. You know, it's all about 
marketing. It's all about networking and, you know, giving honest feedback and being able to talk about it, the good, the bad, or the ugly. Exactly. And that's a super popular, super popular um, presentation that we put on. You always have huge, wonderful ratings and um, you always do a really great job. So I love it. It's fun. So yeah, so to, uh, so I haven't started on it yet. That'll be something I get going on here pretty quickly. I do have some, I do have some uh, takers as far as the information that I'm getting already, but haven't put anything into a presentation yet. Oh, you got time. Well, I do remember last year you did feature us. Oh the yeah, from that's the best right. Podcast yes. What's new? I will never forget it. And we we're yeah. always grateful <laughs> for it. That was amazing. Well, you guys have done such an incredible thing for our industry to give a, uh, I mean, an encyclopedia of different facets of our industry given by the folks that know them best and that's what i think is amazing about what you guys are doing so that was uh that was an easy 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 topic for me last year thank you yeah but we're not new anymore so (laughs) (laughs) no but you're still great Uh, that's for sure yeah well we appreciate that no please go on um So then we wrap up Thursday with a discussion called, Can We Survive This Technology Onslaught? So Conrad Rensberg, who owns Absolute Dental Services, is just... I've heard of that, yeah. He is absolutely brilliant. I love this guy. This guy, he again, he he speaks from his heart. He's very candid in, in what he says. He is a, to me, he is what some of the up and coming laboratories should be looking to. He has grown exponentially by not doing inexpensive work. He is doing expensive work and how he's doing it and the talent that he's brought on, just for an example, like Jack Morano, one amazing uh, ceramist in his own right. But the team that they've developed at, uh, at Absolute Dental is outstanding. And uh, so how he's been able to grow at the prices at which he charges and getting the buy-in from the doctors that are using them and the loyalties from these doctors. And it's not cheap work. It's high-end work. And he is just amazing. So we really asked Conrad to get up there and talk about some of the things that he is doing that have allowed that growth to take place and those partnerships with the doctors. I mean, I, I believe in what he's doing because we're trying to implement that ourselves here in, in our laboratory, but he's doing it on steroids and uh, yeah. he's, he's taken it to a whole different level. And so I just think that his story needs to be told because if people can take bits and pieces of that back to their own laboratories, they would be far better served. So yeah, I I'm I'm very excited to have Conrad there. He's not selling eighty dollar crowns, is what it sounds like. No, 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 no. So some of the things that he's doing, I mean, it's off the charts price wise, but it's amazing work. And so awesome. he's really gotten into uh, the guided surgery aspect for doing like all on fours and how things are being done that way. His ceramic works off the charts. How he's even presenting uh, his version of digital dentures is uh, really unique and how. Uh, it builds brand loyalty not only to his laboratory but for the doctors with their patients and it's really it's it's unique that's awesome so yeah we're looking forward to that i'm excited for that one yeah so that wraps up thursday after the exhibit hall you know where everyone has a chance to connect yeah we come back friday you know depending if everyone survives their first thursday night in chicago yeah 
True. And we start off with a guy that's been around for a while, Terry Fine. So, yeah. So, Terry, yeah, he's tried and true. He's, uh, you know, he's one of the few marketing folks out there that uh, has built his life around working with the dental laboratory industry. And his knowledge is, is second to none as far as getting a laboratory story to be told. Yeah. And and right now with the evolution of digital and uh, social media, you know, it, it's something as, as a lab owner, you know, trying to do the administrative work and whatever it might be, whatever hat you might be wearing that day, uh, sales and marketing is taking a huge, huge shift as to how it's being done. And he's got the pulse on what's happening with digital and how you can have the um, the mechanics in which to do it. And this is something, I mean, I've taught sales and marketing at NEDL University for years, mm-hmm. but the social media aspect of it, I still cannot grasp and get my head around. And Terry is like, the man. And so he's going to be talking about how a laboratory can implement social media to not only to build their brand, but to reach out and get new clientele. And so that's what his, uh, his presentation is going to be. And hopefully those who aren't doing social media, very similar to myself at this point in time, will be able to find ways to get on it and get their presence to be heard. Yeah. I've seen Terry Fine a few times speaking through the years, and he has an amazing ability to put together the most wonderful PowerPoint presentations yep. I have ever seen. <laughs> no, I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, it's he, awesome. Yeah. And his statistics and everything are spot on. He, he kind of knows where the trends are going and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And so he's amazing that way. And then following Terry up, we've got Megan Nakanishi and she's going to be talking about sales and marketing. And she's got such an amazing story herself and taking over her father's business, third generation, I believe, yeah. at Nakanishi Dental yep. Lab. What's amazing about what she's been able to do in the way of sales and marketing and also running her business is that, you know, she's grown that company since taking it over by 40%, but yet they have not hired another person. Awesome. So she has done some amazing, amazing things. And so for her to get up there and talk about how she's been doing the marketing and how she's been doing the sales uh, is definitely for uh, everybody to see. I don't care if you're a larger laboratory or smaller laboratory, there's going to be, there's going to be portions of it that are, um, because Nakanishi is not a small lab (laughs) and they do a lot of volume. So she really has her pulse on what you should be doing in a general aspect. So Terry's really kind of be focused on the digital end of things and the social media end of things. But Megan's going to be talking about a broader scope, talking about everything from the study clubs to what she's doing print wise or what she's doing, whatever it might be that has helped grow her business. That's good stuff. And then to the keynote, which is amazing. Yeah. So Um, I'm super psyched about that. Yeah going back and developing a culture within your laboratory for prosperity, mm-hmm. for not only for the lab owner, but for all of the participants in that lab, whether they're working the front desk or if they're a pickup delivery driver or all the way through to a lead ceramist or removable technician. This is how to build that team and how to have a culture that is a very positive aspect for people to come into on a daily basis. And, and he does it in a very simplistic sense, if you will, that uh, again, is not something pie in the sky that you want to try to reach for. It's something Something that has practical application come Monday morning when you go back to your lab. Great. So we're excited to have him. That's a great way to finish that day. That's awesome. Because that's how you're going to wrap oh, it yeah. all up. You know, it is creating the power inside the lab is just as important as all the marketing and all the sales that you can do. You know what? I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, even Richard Branson, you know, you want to build your business where you take care of your employees yep. and you know how, how your employees feel about your company and, and, 
and how they present themselves about being part of your company is every bit as important as the print work that you put out there advertising your company. So I, I agree with that completely. This is turning out to be a fantastic meeting. I am super excited. Well, thank you. I, yeah. yeah, we've put a lot of work into it and it's a crazy day when we when we put these together and it doesn't even start there. It's it's usually uh, the, the thought processes are starting the day after or, or the day of the meeting. So in other words, our 2021 meeting will take place right at the end of this 2020 meeting. Yep. Okay. So, you know, what are, what are our opportunities going forward? Is there something that we may have missed this year that we should miss next year? So we work on this, this particular meeting all year long. And we come to, you know, we get together in August, uh, the first of August, or it's going to be at the end of July this coming year. But, uh, and then we're going to, you know, we put everything to paper and we set all the times up and so forth as far as the itinerary goes and lock in who we feel are going to be pertinent speakers and what's going to be great for our our members. Yeah. That's great. So again, it's Chicago Lab Day weekend, the Thursday and Friday before Lab Day. Yep. In Chicago at the uh, Weston Hotel on North Michigan. Exactly, right next to the Hancock. Yep. And uh, been there for years. We've looked at uh, maybe going to a different venue, but there's not a better yep. venue than what we have right there at the Weston. It's it's amazing. Yes, it is. If you're not already a member, people can head over to the website. Yep. And fill out an application, right? Yep. And it's callab.org. So C-A-L hyphen L-A-B dot org. And then uh, reach out to Wanda or Scott and they will get you taken care of. And we look forward to having people come aboard because it's, again, it's it's great for any laboratory out there, large or small. Yep. Agree. And I have to say, even if you look at the schedule any year, if there's not a lot that interests you, so much of this meeting comes from the breaks, the lunch, the exhibit hall after, and just networking and talking with people. I've met so many great people in our industry just at Cal Lab because you will never see them at Lab Day because it's so big. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. And even my partner, Hal, all these years, he's teased me because I'll be out in the main foyer and I'll be having a conversation with somebody. He's like, you should be inside learning something. I'm like, you know what? You can't believe what I just learned out here. Yeah. Again, it's a lot from the networking. There's always somebody smarter in the room than you, and there's always somebody to learn from. And I've I've never forgotten that because there's so many great people in this industry that uh, are just absolutely brilliant. Any little bit of information I could take from them and, and bring back to my laboratories just made us that much better. Great. Well, hopefully you were able to do that to some of our listeners today. <laughs> if someone is not signing up after this, I don't know what's wrong with them. So. <laughs> it's a great meeting. It's well worth the money. Believe me, it's it's not a money maker for us. We try to break even on it. Um, you've got an incredible lineup of, of speakers. The food is phenomenal there. The evening presentations for the for the vendors is just off the charts. And again, in more of an intimate setting that they would find at Lab Day or anywhere else. The peer-to-peer information that's given there is just uh, again, it, it's by far the best. You're going to have people that have had great successes or horrible failures with a lot of the things that you're wanting to ask questions about. And these are the people to talk to. Well said. Great. <laughs> awesome, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about yourself, your your history and CalLab. Who uh, Barb's going to follow you next year, right? Uh, year after? In four years. 2024. Oh, in four years, Barbara. Yep. Yeah, you get to, to have me up on the podium for the next few. So, so wow, excellent. So happy about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, I wish Barb the best of luck as the uh, Madam President of the NADL this year as well. Yep. That's uh, yeah. an amazing position and a wonderful person to be leading. Thanks.
Appreciate that. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you for coming on. You bet. You guys have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you soon. You too. All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye now. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Kettenbach. Let's talk about impressions and impression materials. Can we agree that not all incoming records your lab receives are equal in quality or have captured the details you feel necessary to move forward confidently with a fixed removable or implant case? NADL studies show that small, medium, and large labs all face the same awful situation of producing remakes at no charge over and over again when it might not be the lab's fault. Kettenbach and their team of manufacturer reps are here to help your lab by offering support and solutions, not chairside milling units, that will improve the incoming clinical results and consistency you and your clients are looking to achieve. Their materials are manufactured in Germany using patented technology, and in America they only sell direct for less cost. Visit www.kettenbach-dental.us to learn more about Panacell, Identium, and Selgenet impression materials, Futar bite registration, Thistilis temp material and core buildup, Mucopin soft reline, and airway metrics. Kettenbach also offers materials used every day in the dental lab, in particular the Panacell Lab Putty Hard and Lab Putty Soft. These materials can be cleanly and easily dispensed in a one-to-one putty matrix. There are no messy accelerator gels with this system. The Panacell Lab Putty is sold in two 5kg buckets of base and catalyst and is definitely the dimensional, stable lab putty material you have been looking for. Try any of the materials risk-free today by calling Kettenbach direct at 877-532-2123. Mention the code DENTALLABPODCAST25 and you will receive an additional 25% off your order. Once again, call Kettenbach direct at 877-532-2123 to make the connection with a partner who can help your lab and your clients save money and increase quality coming in and going out. Thanks for your support, Kettenbach. So a huge thanks to Jeff Strunk for coming on our podcast. We encourage everyone to check out the CalLab meeting. If you're already going to Lab Day Chicago, it's a no-brainer. It's a great meeting, great networking, great people. Head over to this episode's show notes for links to learn more and to register. And even though Elvis and I are not there for our official podcasting capacity, we are members of CalLab, and we will be at one of the best meetings of the year. So please join us. Yeah, don't miss this. Do it not is, miss this. It great is speaker wonderful. lineup. Yeah, they did a really good job this mm-hmm. year. I'm pretty excited. I didn't think they'd top Frank Spear from last year, but I think they did. Yeah, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I think you guys did a great job. And speaking of LMT Lab Day Chicago, have we mentioned that we're going to be recording there oh all weekend God. at the Argon booth? Yay to us. Yeah, so this year there's actually two exhibit halls. So the whole event is just bigger and better. But head over to the main exhibit hall that we already knew about. And go to booth I-16 and I-17. Not exactly sure how the booth line is, is, (laughs) but that's what they say. It's I-16 and I-17. And you'll find us set up and recording anyone willing to sit down with us at the Argon booth. And you know, once I'm there, I'm going to grab you. So if you make eye contact with me, come on over and sit down and talk to us. Or I'll just grab you and we'll chat. And something we want to stress, and Argon completely agrees, 
that you can be another vendor and you can still come to the Argon booth. Argon's not going to turn anybody away from coming down to record with us. So please, everybody, come find us the Argon booth at Lab Day Chicago. So if you're going to be there and you want to even set up a time to record, go ahead and shoot us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and we can get you on the books. Or if you just want to walk by and there's nobody chatting with us, you're next. So I got a really crazy thing to say. Last night I dreamt that we sold over 100 of our limited edition T-shirts. So we have extended the sale of our special limited shirts that ring in the beginning of the decade of dental technology, but they must be purchased soon in order for you to have them by Lab Day Chicago. Do you really want to be one of the uncool people that doesn't have a shirt? Order yours today, and remember, 100% of the profits go towards the foundation of dental laboratories. And remember, I did dream this, so super weird that we're doing the podcast. I swear, I'm not kidding. I dreamt that you and I had a conversation that we sold over 100 that shirts. That would be so, amazing. Yeah, I hope we do. That would be cool. And let me tell you, a lot of people are thinking that you can buy this shirt at the show. That is not true. We will not have these shirts at the show. You have to purchase them before so they can get made, and you can wear them at the show. So don't be one of those people that don't have that shirt on. Come on. That would be weird. Let's go. And because the fun never ends, we are now officially announcing that at the end of the March, we will be back at the DLAT meeting in Texas. I love that meeting last year. That was amazing. I think that was one of our first live meetings. It was. It was our first. We had a booth. We sat down, and we recorded. So that's the Dental Laboratory Association of Texas. We'll be there recording again at the Argon booth in Texas. Nice. So for more information on that show, we'll get that to you as we get closer to the event. But to make the event even better, we were asked by the kind people at Alien Milling to record at the evening Top Golf event the first night of the meeting. So imagine this. You're getting ready to go to a super cool dental laboratory meeting, and the first night is a huge event put on by Alien Milling at Top Golf. Nice. Drinks, food, fun. Podcasting. And, and podcasting. <laughs> If you're ever nervous to be on the podcast, it's a perfect time to do it. Have a couple of drinks. Do a shot of fireball. Do a shot of fireball. Come on over. Let these dentists know how the dental technicians do it. Yeah, (laughs) baby. That's right. Yeah, and we'll be recording there. So we're super excited for that. So stay tuned for more details about that amazing weekend that's March 26th to the 28th. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. See ya. Bye. Have a good one. Wouldn't be for Ken Bach, we wouldn't be here. We gotta give them a a shout out. Yeah.